I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, July 29th. The content gods looked down from the heavens and they said to me, they said, Brad, here, four hours before your podcast, enjoy all of this content, this fresh, hot content. And I'm so, so glad that this thing happened before we recorded and not the day after, because that would have been the least uh, interesting episode uh, of the show ever. All right. So obviously with uh, the ACC announcing the plans for this fall and football season and such and such, we are going to discuss it. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming in copious detail. I joked earlier to the fellows uh, that this might be the first two hour podcast. And then I thought, didn't we actually do one that was like crazy long? So now uh, somebody's job is to figure out how long our longest show is. And it's and I know, I'm not it. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce somebody. First in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the program. How's it going, my man? It's good. I'm also not it. So if anyone else wants to look up our longest <laughs> podcast, feel free. Who Days on the board at Who Days on Twitter. And uh, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber also on the program. How's it going, dude? It's good to be back from my hiatus. Um, I had a thing. It's gone. I'm back. No thing tonight. Lots to talk about. And I'm not looking up whatever it was that you wanted me to look up. So at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Uh, Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody banter. To be very clear, I did not mean for either one of you to do it. See, I listen to a lot of podcasts where like some rando person would be like, "Oh yeah, this thing happened," and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to put it out to some random listener, oh, and hopefully okay. I got you. somebody will be like, somebody will 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 tweet me tomorrow morning sometime and be like, "Hey Brad, your your longest podcast was episode such and such and such, and it came in at such and such and such." Um, so that's your uh, that's your charge, people who listen to the podcast. Okay, so. Um, 10 plus 1, 8 plus 1, the David Spence model, um, however you wanted to slice it. We, we, we thought we would get something soon. There was some, there was some rumblings yesterday that, uh, that whatever was coming probably would come later because there was some indication that the, that the powers that be might want to wait until their next meeting. Um, rubber met the road this afternoon, and we have a 10 plus 1. Um, it includes Notre Dame. Uh, no, we're not, we're not going to get back into the Notre Dame situation. Um, but Notre Dame can win the ACC championship despite not being a member of the ACC. Um, Virginia's slate in this is uh, a little bit difficult on the road. Uh, the Cavaliers will get Boston College, Duke, Louisville, Carolina, and NC State at home. They will go away from Charlottesville, presumably, to play Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. We don't have dates yet. We don't have any details about uh, fans in the building or anything like that. What we have thus far is essentially what I just said, and we've got some details around that, right? So um, the conference is leaving itself some flexibility in terms of the conference championship game. Could be on the 12th of December, could be on the 19th. Uh, the top two teams uh, in this one mammoth 15-team division will play based on winning percentage. Um, this will be the first time, I believe, David Teal tweeted since 2003 when Virginia will play all four of the original um, ACC North Carolina teams. Um, the nerd, the ACC nerd in me is very happy about that. Um, essentially, the differences are Virginia loses Pitt from its schedule and loses Georgia Tech. Um, the Duke game somehow becomes a home game, and um, Virginia now has to go back um, to Miami Gardens. And, of course, they're adding Florida State, they're adding Wake Forest, they're adding NC State, and they're adding Boston College. Um I guess let's just start there. Let's just start 
let's start with just Virginia, and then we'll get to maybe the bigger conference as a whole. Dave, when you saw this thing and it dropped, what was your immediate reaction? What were your immediate thoughts? Immediate reaction was, man, the podcast could be a little easier. Um, but, you know, I still think 10 plus 1 is ambitious, but I get why they're doing it. Um, they've got to do something. You don't want to scare away your TV folks where they're already starting to talk about, hey, we need to look at how much you're getting paid this year. Um, and also think it, you know, if, if, if things turn, it, it gives you some flexibility. And if you have to cut a few games, you still have what could be considered, you know, you know, eight games or seven games, whatever it might end up being like, you know, that's not terrible. And to me, that that's probably what, what you're trying to get. Um, it's a little random. Yeah. I was thinking before we got on the podcast, like leading into the tech game last year, we were, I remember us having this conversation on air and off air. Like if Virginia beats Virginia Tech, they could play Clemson and then probably get Florida and then have to open next year with Georgia. And the one game they're probably not going to get is Georgia, the one that was already scheduled going into that game. It's Life's changed a lot since November. Um, but, you know, seeing Notre Dame there is weird. I mean, when I proposed my seven-game seven no Notre Dame schedule, like, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> You know, no one has to cry for me. I knew it would. They probably weren't going to call me. Um, but look, getting Notre Dame to to buy in and, and share their revenue, which we'll talk about more later, I'm sure, is certainly a good sign. Um, probably still a little optimistic to say you're going to get ten plus one. My guess is, yeah, and I know I've seen some people talking about it on Twitter. It, it's it is kind of a power play from the ACC to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, SEC is expected to announce something the next day or two. And if you see them go conference only, then that plus one will probably become a little less likely. But um, I don't know. I, I like what they're, what they're trying to do. As someone who tries to make sense of stuff, I can't quite figure out where the – how they decided who played who. Played who. Um, but it's a schedule. If you got to have that road schedule Virginia has, it's probably best to do it on a year when – there's not going to be fans in the stands, and um, and at least that's like not 1990s Miami and mid 90s Florida State. And, um, you know, I think it looks a little more menacing than it really is, but you know, it's football, and ultimately that's what I want to see, assuming we can keep players healthy. Ferber, I'm going to toss it over to you. Same question: When you first saw this, what was your immediate response? <laughs> I, I saw the tweet. Well, I saw David Teal's tweet, of course, you know, the Oracle of all things ACC. Um, and I knew it was, you know, he's like any minute now there's going to be a schedule or something. And so I was like on the lookout and then the ACC dropped the tweet and it's that picture. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, it looks like the world's biggest bingo card with like every logo on it of like who's playing who. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to figure out, like, who they're playing. So I was, like, scrambling to try to figure out, like, who they were actually going to play, you know, what was going on, like, what, what the model looked like. Like Dave said, why, you know, certain teams are playing each other. And as far as, like, why they did it or, or like, what, what the purpose of it is, I think the biggest thing, and Dave said it is still ambitious, um, I think – the ambitious versus not ambitious argument wasn't the biggest thing in this. It was creating some sort of standardization that makes it easier for them to move things around and if they have to, right? So now that you've gotten rid of like almost all of your non-conference games, well, all of them that were scheduled are off the schedule for right now anyway. Um, 
you know, you can you can contract the number of games. You can you can standardize your testing. You can do whatever you have to do to make things easier for you down the road should the situation change, as we've already seen the situation change, right? So it's just less variance to deal with. Um, you know, the schedule is now in the hands of the league, too, like as far as like when the games are, who plays who, when the buys are. Um, so they can kind of be a little bit more flexible with that instead of having to deal with like, you know, North Carolina playing UCF in week three, but Clemson playing a league game that week and UVA playing ODU in the middle of October. Like, you don't have to worry about all that stuff now. Um, it creates standardization. I think the 10 games, like Dave said, it also gives something pretty enticing to give to TV. Just like there's just a lot of league games now. Um, you know, 10, I don't know if they play 10 or, or how it works, but, um, you know, it, I, I think... If I had to I guess like how they made it, I think travel was probably um, or at least like cost of travel was probably a factor in some way. Like you look at who UVA added to their schedule. They added NC State, which is a bus trip. They added um, Wake Forest, which is a bus trip. Florida State is not. Boston College is at home. Um, so if you look at I mean, what was you what were UVA's four road games this year? Right. Um, they were going to go to Duke. They were going to go to Tech. They were going to go to Georgia Tech, and they were going to go to – who am I Clemson. forgetting? Clemson, right. So, like, now you still have Clemson, Virginia Tech um, on the schedule. You add a flight to Florida State and a flight to Miami, which you weren't going to take, and then Wake is a bus trip. So it's not too much crazier than it would have been before, but I think that they probably tried to consider those things. But you have to remember – I mean, because you're going to look at it and say, like, well, Boston College isn't close. But, yeah, I mean, Boston College isn't close to anybody. Same with Miami. So it's like they somebody has to play those teams. Um, so there's probably some consideration there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that it, it'll work. I mean, it, it actually, I think, is, is sort of intriguing. I mean, if, if there wasn't so much doubt that they would be able to pull it off in the first place, then I think it would actually be kind of interesting to see how this would all work. And maybe we will. Um, but I, I think that it's going to be an odd year. Um, but it, it might actually, like I said a few weeks ago, if it works and works well, then maybe the ACC considers playing more league games in the future. I don't know. Um, but it, it'll it'll definitely be a different year, and we still don't know like when the games are going to be or what. So there's still a lot to be determined. I want to – I want to – well, one, I want to go back to this graphic that Ferber was talking about. The, the, um, the I don't know why the league called it a model when it is like a slate. Uh, model makes it sound like this is like a um, – you know, recommendation or this is an option. Yeah. They, they drop some like infographics too with like, this is why this is like how the schedule works, but that's not what they posted. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, Oh my God, it's just it definitely says in like a random order. Yeah. It says like home teams away game, home games, away games. Like it's very clearly, this is what it is, but they just called it the schedule model. And I'm like, well, did somebody just not update a PDF? But anyway, um, what I find somewhat interesting about it is, is like we had been, we've, we've had this conversation in various forms for a while, right? This idea of like what it could look like. And I've been on the mindset that it would be really fun uh, in a year where nothing is the same. And, we, you know, if you're going to toss basically all of the conventions in the air, might as well be like, hey, let's let's try to get to something as, as close to the old ACC as we can, right? I just think that that's interesting. Now, I understand there's a whole bunch of teams that weren't in the old ACC. You know what? I don't care. Like, you're you, – what? I can't help you, you know, on that front. But for a bunch of teams, um, and I guess we can throw Tech in there because it's a regional sort of situation, but like for Virginia to play 
Carolina, NC State, Duke, and Wake Forest in the same year to be able to play Clemson, to be able to play Florida State. It's it's kind of it kind of burns me that they're not playing Georgia Tech. Um, I was going to say, is that the only team that they're not playing? That's the only. From, yeah, that's like the, only the old ACC. Yep. Yeah, um, the teams they're not playing are um, are Georgia Tech and uh, Notre Dame and uh, Pitt and Syracuse, right? Um, but of the of the fifteen, obviously Notre Dame not really a member. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I personally, when I saw it, was like, okay, this is great. Like it is com- when you take the divisions out of it. A conversation we might save for the future because I feel like that's a a meaty topic that can get us to September seventh. But when you take the divisions out of it, and you say, okay, the two best teams, you know, based on win percentage. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers go and all that fun stuff. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's it in and of itself, right? I think we we can't have these conversations without some huge caveat, which is like, if they happen, I think we all accept that and we move forward. Right. Um, the opportunity for Virginia to get, you know, to play those four Carolina teams again. Um, you know, that's, that's what the ACC felt like to a lot of folks who grew up on the ACC. Um, and you know, they haven't played, you know, haven't played some of those teams consistently in so long that it, it feels like they're almost a different part, you know, a part of a different conference. Um, I think that it's also important that we point out some of the, the specifics, right? So the, so the 10 plus one is not just the 10 league games, but there is the opportunity to play a non-conference game. I say opportunity because I've not seen anywhere that it's like mandatory or anything like that. Uh, I think Ferber was the first person I actually saw on Twitter who raised this point. They're like, could the school yeah. basically say, you know what? We're good. We're going to play 10 and that's all. Uh, my I didn't guess is see the anything would, in there that said that they had to play one. Right. My guess is the league would want them to play one more because then you get one more piece of inventory for uh, their broadcast partners. Um, but one, uh, the non-conference game has to be within that eight in that school's uh, home state. And two, that school, whoever they play, has to be adhering to the ACC's uh, COVID nineteen protocols and standards. Um, I raised this point to the to the guys earlier. And I will discuss it now that it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if teams are going to be traveling from one state to another state, right? So Virginia's going to go into the state of North Carolina, right, to play um, at Wake Forest, right? They're going to go into the state of South Carolina to play at Clemson. If Virginia wanted to play a non-ACC team in an ACC state, for lack of a better description, and that team was also adhering to the ACC's protocols, why couldn't that team play that non-conference team. Why couldn't Virginia, if they're going to go to Carolina anyway, play East Carolina? Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that Virginia can only play a, a non-conference team within its state, even though it also will leave. It's you know what I'm saying. Boston is coming. Boston College is coming to Charlottesville, right? So it's not like you're only playing regional teams. Um, my guess is that is that is decided upon in such a way so as to allow a little wiggle room, but not a lot of wiggle room. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how teams fill out their schedules. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's like a loophole to allow them to play right. like Georgia or whatever. Georgia exactly. Tech to play it Georgia. allows it allows the SEC. It, I mean, you know, I've seen this, too. Like it was actually really smart for the ACC to do what it did. Leave open it. Leave open all the ambiguity they could um, by still giving them some standards and essentially allowing the SEC to to make its schedule decision in line with the ACC so that the, some of those games can still happen. Um because, I mean, I want to see Florida, Florida State. I want to see Georgia, Georgia Tech, um, even though Georgia Tech's probably going to get manhandled. Uh, I want to see Louisville and Kentucky. You know, like, I want to see those games. Um, anyway, I think, uh, to answer my own question from earlier, I was just stoked. I mean, I was just jam- I was just, just jacked just to see it, just to know it's there. Um, the possibilities uh, are pretty pretty awesome. 
Um, I understand that, like I said before, there's a whole lot of, you know, caveats and asterisks and stuff. But at the same time, like, if you look at some of the, the medical stuff, like, it actually doesn't seem that hard to envision them playing. Because, man, if, if dudes would hurry up and get, you know, um, you know, if everybody was just asymptomatic, right? Like, uh, 90 days between a positive test and when a person would have to, when a player would have to have a negative test again, so provided they weren't showing symptoms or anything like that. Um, but all intents and purposes, man, I mean, this is, this is the way forward. And, um, I'm personally, I'm, I'm excited for the possibility of it. Yeah. I was going to say like going back to that, why can't you, you know, that uh, playing in your state for your out of conference game or whatever. I was thinking about that. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. If you think about the states where the ACC has teams, so Boston, you know, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, you know, there's a lot. It's a, it's a big geographical footprint, right? Um, but th- what other teams are in Massachusetts? Like, no one. There, I mean, there's no one up there. UMass. Yeah, UMass is it, right? Um, you go to Pennsylvania. I mean, they can, get, well, they can they can play a home game against a team from another state. Exactly. So, so but, I, but I think my point here is, like, so Pennsylvania, you can get a Penn State play in Pittsburgh if they wanted to work it out, right? Could be it. And happy well, no, they can't because Penn State can't play non-league. Games. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I get so, your point. Yeah. They play Temple or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's some states, you know, and then Georgia, Georgia Tech, and um, so you've got some states where there's some rivals, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, where if they can work those out, those games are attractive enough to be on ESPN in, anyway. But if you look at a state like Massachusetts, like that game needs to be hosted by Boston College for ESPN to want to ca- carry it. They're not going to go to UMass to carry it. So I think there's some TV things in there not to mention but the more i think about the out of conference game you almost have to it's hard to believe those are going to get played because if you if those get scheduled like week eight and other teams have only played you know if if everyone's not playing at the same week and you're you have to cut the season early you're gonna not have evenly played games in the acc and if your whole point was to get a champion of your league then you kind of watered it down. You can't have a six and one team going up against a you know six and zero team or whatever. So like that the, the out of conference thing, my guess is that gets scrapped, um, which is fine for the ACC and fine for the SEC if they decide to do it. But really, a kick in the teeth for the group of five teams that could use the the revenue they would get from getting these games. So. Yeah. I still th- I mean, think they're already kind of screwed because so many yeah, of their games are not going to be made. I mean, even if like if you're ODU, I think ODU plays two power five teams this year. So like one of those games has to go, you know. Yeah. And I know. And if you're looking at the power five, like eventually all going all conference, then the model people have talked about maybe, you know, FCS or a group of five moving football to the spring starts making a lot more sense for them. Um, so I mean, there's still obviously a lot of dominoes to fall, but. Yeah, I'm glad the ACC is getting ahead of it, and you know they're still a month out. They pushed the season back to September. What September 11th is that the weekend? It's 11th yeah, or 12th. it's like basically yeah. they're skipping week one. But according to their protocols, that means you really can't start scrimmaging and you know live practice for another couple of weeks now. So they bought a couple of weeks. Miami's athletic director said today that their first day of practice is August 7th, or like that's the first day that they're allowed to practice or something like that. So, yeah. and that's. That's, I mean, you think it's a long ways out, but that's like next Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's not far. Um, but, you know, you've got other teams. You know, we've seen some teams move up to week zero this week, which means they should yeah, start practicing today. Yeah, I think some teams are already, like, I think there were some teams that were eligible to start practice today. Yeah. Um, 
and like some FCS teams, and they just didn't. They're gonna push it back a week or something. So, yep. But yeah, um, you get into like some weird TV stuff, and two, I think I think the purpose of the non-conference game is one to keep those rivalries, and then the ACC. Like, if I had to guess what they talked about on the call, they probably said like for everybody else, it's like if you want to do it, cool. If not, no, no big deal. But you could use it to your advantage to basically get like a. Like you, you, you mentioned earlier in our chat, like playing VMI, like you could play like somebody that isn't like, you're not going to lose. It's almost like a scrimmage. It doesn't matter anyway, really. Um, it doesn't really count towards anything. So, I mean, maybe bowl eligibility, but I don't think that really matters this year anyway. Um, I think like UVA could look at it as like an opportunity to kind of like warm up, you know, like in week one against like Especially a Liberty for or something. Especially didn't have spring practice too, you know? Yeah. Which is pretty much everybody. Um, I mean, almost everybody at least had to cut short. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you could try to like, they, that's, that's one way they could look at it and be like, all right, this is our incentive to play is to like get it. It's basically like a preseason game. Um, you know, get, get our feet under us before we play Boston college or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's even going to happen. And, and yeah, I did see some stuff earlier about maybe playing those rivalry games in week one, um, just getting them out of the way. Uh, or whatever, because the ACC is probably going to push for them to do something, you know, like try to make it easy for them, if that makes sense, to, to get it done. Um, but it's so hard to predict, like, how they're going to make that work. But I think we'll probably know something in the next few days or week or so, I would say, about, like, you're going to start seeing stuff trickle out. If teams are going to schedule non-conference games, like, you'll start to see, like, Miami's going to play so-and-so, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think the only weird the only weird thing about this whole thing for me, well, not the only weird thing, but <laughs> the weird thing we haven't discussed yet is, you know, if you're looking at a season where you're likely going to have weeks where teams have diminished rosters, you know, for public safety, you know, quarantine, all that stuff, it seems odd to go from an eight-game schedule to a 10-game schedule and make all of them count towards winning the championship. Um, because then, like... It, if the only real bowl games are going to be the playoff and the and the you know the coast the conference championship games, then you know coaches are still got to you know still have to win like that's not going away. So yeah, I think you're kind of setting your teams up to maybe not be as cautious as they could be uh, with with COVID and, and player safety just because now all the games matter instead of having four out of conference games you can kind of toss away. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. The uh, the idea then that um, essentially by by giving teams the incentive to sort of push the agenda because of the you know the sort of league um, championship sort of component of it, you're essentially taking away from them the opportunity to, to to do things or I guess to realistically do things on a on a less intense basis, right? So like whereas before in a scenario where Dave, you're describing where maybe several of the games for all intents and purposes don't count, right? Um, they count yeah. in terms of the win loss, but they, there's not a material sort of, um, sort of gain, so to speak from them. Right. So there's no, they're not going to count toward a championship or whatever in a year when you're probably not going to have bowl games. Anyway, I would say the counterpoint to that is if you're the league, you can't really plan from the outset, right? for that contingency. You probably do have contingency plans, right? So they can play their championship game on the 12th or the 19th. Um, clearly, you know, if need be, there will be games that will be canceled. To your point earlier about, you know, what happens if you have this one team that has this record and this other team that has that, I think you just play it. You do the best you can. I think one thing about this year, 
as we've seen with, you know, the way it was in the spring and the way it's going to be in the fall. Like, you're just going to do what you can with what you got. And realistically, if it doesn't even out, oh, well. Um, for all, yeah. Um, you, you need nothing else. I mean, look else. at the Marlins. You know, right. right. They're but just like, no we're going to play on. <laughs> you need no greater example of, of that than Notre Dame is potentially going to win an ACC. She could win an ACC championship this year without being in the league. Like, that's – like, you're, you're so far down the unprecedented road that, um, you know what, have fun with it. You know, go nuts. Toothpaste um, isn't going back in the tube. Exactly. Like, it, 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 this, is, it, this is what it's going to be for the fall, so we might as well make the most of it. So I think if you're the league, you have to schedule it um, into something that you think resembles a real season. Uh, if they started with just eight and left open all of the time that you probably uh, would like to, given you know, the potential for um, you know, moving, swapping things out or shutting things down, like, you can't plan for that. Um, otherwise, you just don't have it. And so I think this was um, the league's attempt to give, the, give the, the member institutions the best possible chance to have a season understanding the sort of real-world ramifications. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, you know, the whole thing, you know, we, we, we've been talking about this for a while. Like, this thing might get off the ground and then come crashing pretty fast, you know. All depends on, you know, um, how – how the different schools take in everything into account. Um, I haven't, I have not done this yet, but if somebody wants to, to, to let me know, I'd be curious to know where each school is in terms of its stay or, or, or go, so to speak, call, whether kids are going online only, whether kids are going in some sort of hybrid, um, you know, what, what, what are school, what are these member institutions doing across the league? Um, Cause that could, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, the idea that like, just because, these guys are student athletes doesn't mean that they should, you know, to me at least I should only speak for myself, but if you're not going to bring kids to campus, I don't have a problem with some kids being on campus and those kids being athletes. Cause they already, they're different anyway. So the idea that we're going to, we're going to treat them yeah, like quote, normal students just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I know that some of the, like, especially like the older alums probably don't want to hear this cause things have changed probably a lot. Um, but I mean, like I was in college and I have friends who were in other colleges and, like during basketball season, those dudes are in class like half the time at best, just because of their travel schedule. Like they're they're out of, they're out of class all the time. Like they're not going to classes during the week. Like if they're playing at Notre Dame basketball on a Wednesday, they're not in class on Tuesday because they flew to Notre Dame. Like, and they're not in class on Wednesday because they're at Notre Dame. And then Thursday, who knows? So it's like you know what I'm saying. Like it's let's not pretend like they're always in class. That's not how it is. Football is a little different because they travel on the weekends. But, I mean, for a lot of these guys, they do their work remote. And I'm not saying they don't do their work. It's just different, right? So, um, but also I think, Brad, I think most schools are in that hybrid thing right now where it's like we're going to open, but we're also could do distance if you want to, and we still don't know yet sort of thing. I don't think a lot of the schools are, like, already distance, but it seems like it could be heading in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I had another interesting thing, Brad. If you don't mind, if you don't mind yeah. me just rolling the yeah, podcast. I, 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 no, yeah. you, you do that. I, I would like to yield my time to the gentleman from uh, from Fishersville. <laughs> um, interesting thing just kind of hit my head, and maybe the podcast listeners get a chance to see how the sausage is made with Justin and scheduling. Um, see how our text threads looks like some some days. So it just kind of hit me, like why the randomness of who we're playing. So let's assume, I think we would all agree, this is model one, right? This is this, this is, is what they case. would love to finish in best right. case. Yes. So that means there has to be a model two and a model three, right? Right. Um, 
and they don't want to have to meet for weeks if they have a problem they need to pivot on pretty quickly. So looking at, so I took a quick look at Virginia's plan. You know, got <laughs> UNC, NC I State. I, I think I just saw what you saw. <laughs> Duke, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. Yeah. So what if the model two and uh-huh. is is the pod system? Uh-huh. Yeah, the bus system. Because that's yeah, I would I've, say that this model would probably be the most aggressive, and then you pivot to a less yeah. aggressive one and yeah. a less, you know. Yeah. You can I'm eliminate through, some of these games. I mean, I'm going through and looking at who are the other teams, the outlier teams. Like Clemson ends up with Miami, Florida State, Georgia uh-huh. Tech. Yeah. Um, those are the closest schools to them. Wake for um, Wake. Yeah, yeah. Wake. Uh, Boston College and Notre Dame are going to be the trickiest ones, right? Um, Boston College, Notre Dame, and Miami are outliers. Like they have to fly everywhere. Like, yeah. But people got, think like Boston College and Syracuse are close. <laughs> like they are not close. Yeah, they're not. But but they're close. They're they're, they're close, close relatively. Or, yeah. And Syracuse is on their schedule, as is Pitt, as is Notre Dame. Um, so I mean, they're the, they're the outliers. But if you look at everyone, like there's a potential for this to break out into a pod. If you have to, and and you look at like Virginia Tech, who would also in this in this idea be in UVA's pod probably. Yeah, the they have N- they have NC State. Yeah, the same yep. teams. The only They're the only teams. problem is the only problem is with their schedule is like they probably have actually they play UVA at home. So I was gonna say they might have like less home games if they had to do it that way. But yeah, because it does, I think, yeah, it does in that make pod, sense. You could play home at home, right? You know, and still get your ten games because it you know it could break or eight games whatever your pod ends up being. Um, but they're all bus trips, and then the only real outliers are your your schools. You know, Notre Dame, who's going to be an outlier because they're not really in the conference. Boston College, Syracuse, and Miami would be your you know your furthest points. Um, yeah. so, and yeah, it's I mean, interesting too. Like if you look at Carol, at least you look at Tech's schedule and Virginia's. I say schedule, but I'm, what I mean by that is their slate, right? So what are the differences, right? What are the outliers between the two, right? So Tech mm-hmm. has Pitt, um, and Virginia has Florida State. Right. That's so it. you could that's it. I think like you can you can nix those two. Now, yeah. um, I, I here's my question is if you if you if you pulled at this thread and you kept pulling, you kept pulling, you inevitably would find some sort of issue. So I bet you there is another model where essentially it comes down to those those what seven teams in the ACC. Like the old school plus tech. Right. Um, that are kind of in it. And then you've got sort of like a, a smorgasbord of other people. Um, but mm-hmm. no, you, you were talking and I was like, I was like looking at, over my mic and I was looking at the screen and I was like, huh, if you drop Boston college. Yeah. I mean, I think distance, I think distance was definitely considered. If you just look at who got added to whose schedule, yeah. not all of it makes sense. Like Florida right. state going to Notre Dame or whatever, like that doesn't make any sense, but Virginia adding it's, it's not, it can't be coincidental that they added wake and NC state. <laughs> like, no, it can't yeah, be. that's clearly on purpose especially yeah. since yeah. tech got the same too you know that's right just... and boston and they both and they both play boston college and tech was already going to play them but um and duke got both of them right because so it's and like then look at... boston college has to play somebody it's like you know they have to play some teams so look and they at... already yes. had Pitt and all those other teams on their schedule so let's yeah. let's uh let's just extrapolate this out a little bit so let's look at nc state so nc state gets right now home games duke florida state georgia tech miami wake road games carolina Pitt, syracuse virginia virginia tech it's very easy to to just look at that and go oh you knock out for if you're nc state duke georgia tech wake forest carolina virginia virginia tech boom you knock two games off of each side and you're even and it makes total sense you know now i feel bad for syracuse and i feel bad for boston college but i i didn't i don't control where you are 
You know, like, you know, like, I'm sorry, but like, that's just the, the way it is. It's almost yeah, like, yeah, don't be in Boston, said, Boston College. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Pick up and move. Like, do what the NFL teams do. Just leave in the middle of the night. Um, but it's almost like they looked at it and said, okay, what possibilities could we have if we can keep so many teams together? Maybe that helps us. And then if you're, if you're Boston College or you're Syracuse or you're Miami or you're Florida State, like, I'm sorry, there's not a whole lot I can do. I'm going to do my best. Um, so it makes it, it, it does make a whole lot of sense if you think about it from like, um, I think, I feel like Dave, you'd be a very good guess who player. Um, cause you just like knocked a whole bunch of these down. Like, no, no, he's not wearing a hat. Um, yeah, that's cause I just don't listen to y'all. I'm looking at stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, I was rambling. It's fine. Um, no, it just happened when you look at the schedule, you see a lot of the same logos popping up on the same, yeah. like schedules on top of each other. Like, Oh, that's coincidental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you look at three fall team pods, like that would put, you know, UVA, Virginia tech, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest, or Duke. So, I mean, you can have, you know, the Notre Dame thing, like, here's the thing with Notre Dame. Like, they're not close, but they're also, like, having been to Notre Dame, it's not exactly in the middle of a city. <laughs> it's kind of rural. So you can <laughs> no. fly into Notre Dame and, you know, and be pretty safe, you know, just drive 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, those schools, there's, a lot can't, there's nothing you can do. There, You have to fly. Like, yeah. There's nothing you can do. That was always going to be the case. Like Notre Dame, uh, Florida State can bus to a few places probably because um, they're so they're like pretty far north. Central. Yeah, they're in like the they're almost like Panhandle. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And then you have Miami, who's just like on an island basically. They might as well be Cuba. Um, like they're just out there by themselves. They have to fly everywhere. Even Florida State is a flight unless they you know bus this time. It's a really far drive. Um, so I mean. Those teams, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and fly. And honestly, like, I know that these schools have to, like, I, I, the bus thing helps because you probably don't have to stay in hotels. But it's like with the flights, I mean, even uh, this is a little different and a bit of a stretch. But, like, in the Premier League, what teams were doing was they would, they normally would, like, bus or, or train to places, like, north to south. And they would fly. They would, like, f- privately fly. And then they would just go to, straight to the stadium, play the match, and fly back. Like, yeah. It's not a cra- I mean, it's 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 not easy to execute, but you'd have to still have like a, an equipment truck go ahead of time. But I mean, like, it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. The whole thing is insane. I mean, the whole thing <laughs> <Yeah>. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when Notre Dame stuff. lifts the when Notre Dame lifts the trophy at an empty uh, Charlotte uh, uh, Carolina Panther Stadium, um, <laughs> we'll be like, "Yep, it all was executed just like we thought," you know. So let's let's go through a couple of these uh, pieces of context, just in terms of you know Dave mentioned you know how the sausage gets made. All right, so um, eleven games over thirteen weeks, obviously mm-hmm. only one division. Notre Dame can win uh, uh, the ACC championship. All I like how they call it a division. It's just the league, right? <laughs> um, all television revenue from the twenty twenty season, including Notre Dame's home games against um, that are on NBC, will be shared equally by all of the institutions. More on that in a moment. Um, all fifteen teams. Okay, this is assuming that there is a bowl process. Will continue to be part of the league's uh, bowl selection process. Should Notre Dame win the ACC championship game, they would be eligible for the Orange Bowl if not as if not selected as a college football playoff semifinal team. Um, which is which, how it is anyway. Right, but which, but if you think about it, what's the revenue share if Notre Dame does Notre Dame share that money with the ACC if they get the ACC slot in the Orange Bowl? 
Yeah, see, I don't know, and on, I just realized that they're not always eligible for the Orange Bowl. It's just like a weird it's, way that they it's do a, it. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's all. Um, but but in this, it's scenario, like a weird time. But I don't know, like what the, what already exists. Like people are like, oh, Notre Dame's getting this money, or they're not getting this money. They were already getting some of that money. We just didn't like you know people just don't know what's in the deals. Like, right. Well, I think I think one because there's more more um, Notre Dame games uh, right for the ACC now than there would be, so there's more revenue. To share, I, I think the other thing too is is that, um, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but in in the previous arrangement, right? So the so Notre Dame goes. Um, there's a specific set of parameters that have to happen that have to trigger for essentially for Notre Dame to share um, that revenue with the league. Um, as it is now, there is a there is a scenario where basically it's automatic and essentially all of it comes in right um like for example if notre dame if they have regular bowls and notre dame doesn't go to the orange bowl but goes to a bowl game the acc would then because for this year they are a member of the acc for all intents and purposes um i mean i i i know we're going to get into the weeds here in a second about notre dame and everything i just i just i'm not sure we get their bowl revenue because it says television revenue i'm almost positive they, they do like, because here's the thing to today's point to me earlier, like the Notre Dame revenue, it, it's, it exists, but, it, and it's, so it's more than zero. So like, if we're playing prices, right, like it's more <laughs> than zero, but it's not like they are their own conference, right? So they don't pull in, but so much money. And so when you talk, when you think about how the league is going to basically distribute football money, like they would all other sport money, right? Like they do, they distribute everything equally, um, you know, there is a there is a scenario where depending on how much Notre Dame brings in, some schools could actually see their um, portion decrease because you're because you're chopping it up amongst 15 teams plus one as opposed to excuse me, 14 teams plus one, plus one. as opposed to just 14 teams. Um, yeah. If you take the 2019 TV money, not leaving bowls out and um, the ACC schools got a little under 30 million each. Um, and then Notre Dame got 7.9 million from the ACC, so they're still going to get that part. Um, and then Notre Dame gets 15 million a year from Notre Dame. So, I mean, from NBC. So actually, if you put all that money together and divide by 15, the ACC schools are going to lose about a million dollars each, assuming no bowl revenue. Um, while Notre Dame is actually going to make about six to seven million dollars more than they would in the typical year. So Notre Dame still wins in this situation. I just think. You know, you as guys far know as my we know, about Notre Dame. I feel as like we're as still we missing information. Like, well, Notre Dame's private, so you can only go by what you know NBC is willing to televise. But you know, again, having been on campus, I think a lot. You know, after seeing all the NBC, remember all the NBC stuff they had on campus, Justin? Yeah. Like, there's a lot more to what NBC does for Notre Dame than the 15 million dollars they get for televising their games. It's it's basically the free commercials. It's the it's the on-campus like learning center, whatever media production center Notre Dame has set up for their students. I mean, NBC has set up for their students at Notre Dame. So there's some other stuff. But I think, long story short, as someone who doesn't, you know, who made my point clear on my seven-game schedule that did not include Notre Dame, um, I, I think what Notre Dame's offering you in this situation is is a better product to offer TV. You know, to make sure you get what you normally would have gotten right um, in, in a year where you might not play more than seven or eight games. And we still don't know. Like NBC hasn't come out and said, like, this is what we're doing for Notre Dame this year. Like, we don't know. Like, what if what if those games just aren't on NBC this year? We don't. I don't think we know that, do we? 
Like, I mean, I would have to think that NBC is going to do everything. It yeah, can I, I doubt NBC football. would throw away content right now, but you know, it could be some sort of different arrangement or something. Um, or maybe like you get, maybe they do some of their road games or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Normally, well, I think they that's just one of the games. That's one of the things I think that is a positive for the league here is that like the conf- the the uniformity for once, even if it's a weird, obviously crazy situation and such and such and such. But the uniformity will play to the league's strengths, or excuse me, the play to the league's advantages, right? Um, for example, if you're the league, you now own that those Notre Dame football games, right? In terms of rights, in terms of what you can do with it, you can put it on your properties. That's a year's worth of Notre Dame football that now you own, and you can put wherever you want if you're the league, right? Um, and so there's, if you got to think about it from the standpoint of if you're the ACC, what's in it for you? Right. The ACC didn't necessarily, you know, quote unquote, need Notre Dame from a competition standpoint. The opportunity to bring Notre Dame under the umbrella and and reap the benefits because of having that brand associated with the league and having those extra telecasts and having that extra inventory is substantial. But if nothing else, it allows you to be in control. uh, And I think, um, you know, yes, you had to allow them to play for a conference championship, but if Notre Dame wins the ACC, think of how many people are going to be watching those games. Like, if the ACC yeah. championship game is Clemson and Notre Dame, do you know what kind of number that will put up? And and listen, I understand. Like, if you're if you're somebody who who loves the ACC and you hate Notre Dame, I understand that everything I'm saying right now sounds like gibberish, right? You could not care less about the revenue. But like, if you're a league in this day and age, you got to be thinking about revenue. Um, and I think yeah. that's it was it was the money play that made the most sense. Um, it gave Notre Dame the games it needed. It, it allowed the ACC to have the extra dollars that it needed. Um, and if they don't join the league after this, plenty of people will will rant and rave. But um, if they do join, I think they're probably always going to. But this certainly um, would be would seem to be a step in that direction, if that direction is ever stepped. The best possible yeah. scenario is they win the league and then just go back to being independent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll so take they our just randomly have an ACC title. But they, yeah, <laughs> just random. But so I, mean, I think there is a lot of upside for the ACC in this. Um, it won't pay off as, mess, as much this year as it could in the future, obviously, because if this year goes well and Notre Dame decides, look, there's going to. There's no Notre Dame fan that's ever been able to follow a conference standing and keep up with what their team's doing, right? It's going to be a different dynamic for every one of their fans, assuming we get to play this year. Um, so the games they play against ACC schools aren't just going to be like a schedule filler now. They're going to be looking at that game and then looking at the standings and seeing what it means. And they're going to want to win. The, they're going to pay more attention to the ACC than they ever have, at least for one year. And then if Notre Dame does well, it's going to create a new dynamic and you might see some push from Maybe not the older Notre Dame folks, but the younger ones would be like, hey, you know, the way the college playoff is set up and everything else, like it makes a lot of sense for us to be here. Um, and if that's that happens, you really need, you really need them to get like screwed by not get not being in a league or something exactly. like that. And be and then they'll be like, OK, we need to do something about this or the opposite where it's like they get in because they were in the ACC. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think it just it's an opportunity that ACC would never have had with Notre Dame with the, if it wasn't for the coronavirus. So you want to look over, look for the the um, the silver lining in the pandemic cloud. It's the it's <laughs> maybe, maybe you can um, maybe you can convince Notre Dame that being in a conference isn't that terrible, especially if you know you still can schedule four out of conference games in a typical year. Um, 
And then if you know if that works out, then the ACC all of a sudden has a 15th member can look to expand, which we all know means they can renegotiate their TV deal and get closer. Spoiler alert, guys, if you don't follow it, like the ACC pays out diddly squat compared to the pack, you know, the big 10 and sec. Um, you know, we're about $20 million per school behind those guys every year. Um, Partially so, because I mean, the network just launched. So like they have to, it's going to take a while for them to be able to catch up if they ever do. Yeah. Yeah. But if can, I ask, a, ask, can I ask a random question? Um, so as I'm aware, right, the ACC network is not on Comcast TV. That's correct. Um, that is correct. Is it is it possible that Comcast and a certain television network <laughs> could be in somewhat cahoots? Is that possible? Is that a thing? I think that could it be a could thing. Could be. Could be. Could it be that Comcast and NBC <laughs> are together? A lot of could it be? Right. And so could it be that now there could be a reason? For NBC Universal to, yeah, I'm just you know just saying you know just tossing it out there. See if the cat licks it up. Um, not that I mean, listen, like realistically, like if Comcast is going to add the ACC network, I don't I don't know if Notre Dame being on a bunch of games is going to do it. But <laughs> if Notre I'm Dame's the ACC, playing week, we got to get them on there. If I'm the ACC and I suddenly have a control of a lot of Notre Dame games, just saying, yeah, nice bargaining chip. If I'm them, um, but no, I I I agree. I you, you guys are making a whole lot of sense, which clearly means we need to switch uh, <laughs> topics. Let's talk about the actual football <laughs> side of this thing, right? So we have to at least address the fact that today, Caleb Farley, who is what the best cornerback in the league. Is that fair to say? Fair to say? Do we, I think are we okay? You can say what I you mean, like. He definitely, he certainly, he certainly, <laughs> he certainly was projected to be like the best okay. cornerback. In the league. Well, projected to be one of the best DBs yeah. in the league is fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I the first, a projected first round pick in the NFL draft. I don't think I'll get tomatoes thrown at me for the saying that on, a, on this podcast. All right. All right, he has opted out of playing this season, instead choosing to focus on his NFL future. Um, I, I would imagine that it it would be the acme of foolishness to suspect that uh, he's going to be the only dude who opts out. So clearly they're going to be players, good players from other teams, perhaps even UVA's team. Um, yeah. I was going to say, don't dance play. on that grave yet. No, no, that's not where I'm going. You know? so I, I, I want to have a football conversation as of right now. Only the only thing we do know is that there likely is, are going to be other players who, who come off the board for now. The only one, the only substantial one is Caleb Farley. So let's talk about this from a football standpoint. Let's focus on UVA specifically. Um, that is one hell of an away schedule. I mean, holy crap. Um, and at the same time, I, I look at the schedule as a whole, and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that, that's, that's a lot of meat. Um, Dave, as you look at UVA's slate, uh, as proposed in the model, uh, so if, let's assume this one sticks, uh, what, what, what are your vibes? Are you nervous? Are you, you, you want to see them play it? What's your, what's your gut tell you about how I mean, UVA could fare against that, that slate? I mean, the things things change when everyone's playing ten games, right? So, like your your path to get to the championship game is all of a sudden a lot harder, regardless. Um, I like I see a lot of people saying it's a it's a really hard road schedule, but is it? I mean, if Clemson went on there, is it hard? Last time Virginia played Florida State, Miami on the road in the same year, they beat them. Um, like you know, it's they're well, they're it only ever happened teams. once for the record. Well, I think Carolina did it in 2016 I mean, or something. Right I read that right earlier. Um, but we're the first ones to do it. Uh, but look, it, it's not the easiest schedule in the world, you know, playing at Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida State, uh, Clemson, and Wake Forest. But look, it, it's not Florida State of old. You know, <laughs> Virginia beat them last year. 
They could have beaten Miami last year. Miami's definitely improved. Florida State should be improved. Um, okay. Florida State also games. breaking in a new coach. I was gonna I mean, say gonna, to, to Dave's point about his your whole yeah. your whole rant about how culture and I forgot you know, about Norval. Yeah, <laughs> you know you you've got well at least you didn't think that 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 the quarterback who signed at Carolina signed at Florida State. You know at least you didn't make it. That <laughs> and then mistake. he turned yeah. out to be really good too. And then he turned so out to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. sorry, Dave, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I mean, you know, we we know Manny Diaz has had some culture issues, right? Um, when you've got a new coach there who hasn't even been able to practice with his players at Florida State. Um, you know, Wake Forest is Wake Forest. Virginia Tech, we know, you know, you're familiar with them. And then Clemson's going to Clemson. But they're going to be good whether Trevor Lawrence decides to sit out, and that's just pure speculation. There's been no hints of that. Um, even if he sat out, like, that's a tough game, right? Um, so, but anytime you replace two, you go from eight conference games to ten, you're probably going to get a little tougher. Um I don't know that playing those games at home this it, like I don't know that playing those games at home make them any different this year because you know you're not going to have fans you're not going to have the atmosphere. Um, if anything, maybe traveling this year is will be a welcome change. Maybe it'll be an advantage to the to the away team because they get to do something different for a couple of days or a day instead of being stuck in their bubble. Um, so you know. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, long story short, it's not easy, but no one's good. If you look at everyone's schedule, I mean, when you add Notre Dame in there, now now you just don't have the Clemson, you know, Clemson are sitting there picking off the, you know, the eight teams they play every year. Now you got Notre Dame who's, you know, going to be really good this year. Um, I don't know how good, but I think I've seen them preseason top ten, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, they're going to be there kicking some rear end too, and Virginia missed them this year, so. Yeah, I don't really envy anyone's schedule. I'm going through them now while I'm talking. Like, there's no really yeah. easy schedules this year. I didn't Although see anybody I, complaining about like this team got a really easy schedule. It was like everybody was like, this schedule's hard. <laughs> like, except for the Notre Dame. Like, I'm, I'm t- saying nice things about Notre Dame today, and I just happened to switch to Twitter and see the beat writer for Pete Sampson talking mm-hmm. about how Notre Dame's schedule got easier by joining a conference this year. Um, well, okay, yeah, I think Pete. this year, this year maybe <laughs> this year he might be right. Yeah, they, they lose Wisconsin and they lose USC, who are both probably going to be pretty good. Um, yeah, and they keep Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they already had Clemson on their schedule, so I don't think that matters. Uh, yeah, who'd they add? They added, like, North Carolina, um, which is not going to be easy. Georgia Tech, probably. I forget. I, they were already playing Georgia Tech. They were playing, like, Georgia Tech, BC, and Pitt, I think. And then they added a few other teams in there. I think they, they added Syracuse. Um, Florida State maybe I can't yeah I can't remember exactly who they added but their schedule probably didn't get harder yeah they have the original six they had in their schedule plus four more um, I just can't remember the original six were now mm-hmm. I, it's interesting though because I mean I don't like you looking at UVA schedule the first thing I saw was Boston College you know it's the first team in alphabetical order and I was like oh that's weird um it almost, like like Brad said at the beginning of the show, it almost feels like they're in a different conference. Like it does, yeah. Them and NC State like, both. It's like, who knows what happens to them? Well, also it's funny because you get these people that are like, I want to play the old ACC, and then you look at this, and it's like this is the old ACC plus like what would have at that time been a pretty good non-conference slate. You would have played Virginia Tech, Louisville, <laughs> Boston College. Yeah, that's true. Like people would have been like, this schedule's awesome. I mean, like whatever. Yeah, the only um, yeah, you could get Georgia Tech on there, you know. Um, yeah, if you could somehow. just flip like BC for Georgia Tech or Louisville for Georgia Tech, yeah. honestly, that would have been cool to just not play Louisville for once. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. that would have been fun. 
anybody else. Um, not and not that it's like you're worried about that game necessarily. It's just you know it gets old. Um, yeah, I think Boston College has a new coach. Um, looking through NC State was kind of rough. They weren't that good last year. Um, they had some quarterback problems. I don't really know what the outlook is for them. It's funny because you don't really pay attention to these teams that much in the Atlantic. Wake will probably be pretty good. They have a really good wide receiver. Um, they lost their quarterback, obviously, um, to Georgia. So, yeah, Miami has a new offensive coordinator. So, I mean, there's there's definitely some change in the schedule. And, I mean, I have no idea if they're going to do a non-conference game or what. Um, actually, it's funny. I wanted to bring this up. One idea that I was just thinking during the show um, – what if UVA this this I'm just gonna throw a theory out there and you guys can tell me if it makes sense or not. If you like let assuming that they're gonna play a non-conference game. OD, let's say they don't play ODU because um I don't know why. They they just don't play them. Um what if UVA trying to schedule somebody who is available and maybe trying to do some things with their future schedules, like getting creative, scheduled BYU? And had them come to Charlottesville. Hmm. Well, because for one, they're, they, Bronco would they're do, independent. Right? They're independent. Well, but well, they're maybe, on the schedule. <laughs> that's what I mean. They're, they're already on the schedule now. Maybe he maybe he uses this as an opportunity to like cancel the future games, and also throws them a bone. Like yeah, because they're independent. Yeah, they got to play. Yeah, so like so you're helping this scenario, them out by giving them a game. Like you're assuming the league allows Virginia to do that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they would be allowed to do it as long as BYU adheres to their standards of testing. But you have to assume they are. The game can be against a team from another state. It just can't be in another state. Yeah, exactly. No, it has to be from the own from their own state. No, no, it doesn't. It has to be played played in in their home home state, state. which allows. So Virginia could play Georgia if Georgia wants to come to Virginia. Right, or West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, They could come to what? They could come to UVA. Yeah. So anybody. But the thing is, a lot of these a lot of these leagues aren't going to allow that. Like they're not going to. So, like the idea of UVA playing Texas or something, they're not. That's not going to happen. Um, I was just thinking BYU might might actually work because they have no games scheduled. So, um, maybe maybe UVA could find a way to like help them out and maybe like wipe those games off the schedule or something. Because um, I know that they would like to do that if they could. So, just an idea. I don't I don't have any reason to think they're going to do it, but it's an idea. You guys really should have stopped me earlier because now that I read it again. I was I had the wrong. Yeah, rating. it just has to be played in the home state, which which allows for like if Georgia Tech was supposed to go to Athens this year, like they don't have to move it to Atlanta or else. Right. Like they no, can no, play I it read it as Virginia would only be able to play teams from Virginia, and they mm-hmm. had to play it uh, at home. Um, yeah, no, it's to... just it's just like they have to play at home, or they need to go to a team in their. State. I mean, I, I I think any I think I don't think any game against BYU is going to happen as long as Broncos the coach. I think he will he he will do what he's got to do um, to get. Well, out I mean, of they're they're on the schedule next year. I, so. it's gonna, I, be, I I think it's going to get dealt with. I genuinely do. I think it'll get pushed out or it'll get canceled. I I don't. I he he. The way he has talked about it, I just can't imagine he will allow it to happen. I just yeah. I think BYU is trying not to to let them out of it. Basically, well, if it well, requires that, that cash, we'll probably end up playing it next year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the other thing. Is it like, you know, it 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 it, it maybe Notre Dame came in for a year, so Virginia has the money to get out of that game. Um. No, that's a that's an interesting point. Um, my my mind is sort of seeping out of my ear right now because. Um, yeah, see, I mean, like in theory, UVA could play Army or something. Like Army's independent, so like Army needs a game, or they need a bunch of games, so like they could play them. Um, 
something ODU like that. You could stay on your schedule. I mean, there's a lot of options. Yeah. And Notre Dame, whoever they play non-conference has to come to South Bend because they can't play in right. Maryland or whatever against against Navy. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think in theory, like in theory, you, so UVA couldn't play anyone from the Big Ten because they're not doing non-conference games. They couldn't play anybody from the Pac-12 because they're not doing non-conference games. The SEC, you'd run into the same situation where like the teams closest would be playing other local rival teams. We don't know what these other leagues are going to do. Honestly, I think they're kind of screwed. <laughs> like, I don't think that means they can't play football, but I think they probably end up going to a conference-only model too because it's just like some teams are going to desperately be trying to hang on to those games. Like, for example, UCF is trying to get – like, the UCF plays North Carolina this year, and, and they were supposed to play in Atlanta, I think. Uh, no, 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 they were going to go to Chapel Hill. Um, so, like, in theory, that game could still be played. Um, if UCF, the only rule is UCF has to adhere to whatever ACC testing standards are, there are. Is that, I wonder um, if that's the only, if that's just for the week or is that for the whole season? I, I would assume it would just be for that week of the game. Like they would have to, you know, no, like, I think it's gotta be more than that. Cause you can't have them just like all of a sudden start practicing it that week with it's got to eat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Time. I mean, I, th- I think they would know? have to have been doing it up to that point is what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, not, but after, I mean, after the game, I don't think it matters. Um, and that's why I think a lot of these games will be played week one if they get played, right. like these not. I mean, let me toss out a random scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a handful of teams on e- that are, that each team does not play. Ha- we have have we heard anybody say that an ACC team could not play another ACC team and have it be a quote unquote non conference game? Because if I'm, I think I read it was okay. God, I got to because if I'm Georgia Tech, obviously you've got Georgia, right? You're Florida State, you've got Florida, right? Duke, okay, you play ECU or something. I don't know, but if you are Syracuse or Pittsburgh, um, who who are you mm-hmm. going to play? Right? Um, we're, I mean, it would make sense if one of those teams wanted to play somebody like Virginia or Virginia Tech. That maybe you know what I'm saying they now, could if they could do it, but the ACC would have to kind of break their own rule there and right. say like you could play a non-conference game out, you mean out like of letting state. Notre Dame play for the conference championship game. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, I don't think that would be a complete deal breaker. Like, they, right. they, you see, they're already letting Syracuse go to Georgia Tech. Like, what's the difference? Like, um, yeah. If you actually read the um, the two infographics ACC put out, at, where it says additional games at the bottom, it says against conference opponents that are beyond the conference mandated schedules will not count in the ACC standing. So you can play a non-conference. Yeah, I mean North Carolina played a last year. Yeah, so they're going to allow that again out of the league. So it's pot. You could do it. The thing is, like, if you're looking at like North Carolina, they already play everybody in their state. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. you'd have yeah. to let somebody play from an out-of-state team. But now maybe, I mean, if you're UVA, I'd probably rather play like Syracuse than try to like piecemeal something together with some random team. Right. Like, but I think what what your probably your earlier point is right. Like, they, a lot of these schools are going to use that as a you know a warm-up so to speak a, a game that doesn't count that they can play like if i'm virginia still play vmi like who cares right get mm-hmm. get that game in early um well, you know, we'll, if we'll the, see what if the, the league does with dates but if, if conference usa allows their league to play non-league games then uva could play odu still they could keep that game on right. the only thing is that doesn't benefit the acc from a tv standpoint so the acc doesn't care if they keep that game or not because it's not a home game for UVA, so it wouldn't be an ACC-controlled game. Um, 
So, I mean, like, that sort of thing. UVA could just punt on that game. Or they could play it if they just want to have, like, kind of a warm-up sort of game. Like, not that ODU is a guaranteed win or anything, but, like, you know, it's a game that you don't really have to care about. If I had to bet money, like, if if the ACC is not going to force you to play that plus one, if there was a school in the ACC that's not going to do it, I'd I'd put money on Virginia not doing it. I I don't think UVA will play a non-conference game if I had to guess. No, I mean, unless it's like, uh, unless they can get an opponent, like, well, your ticket revenue is out of the board, right? Like, you're not going to have fans there. Um, so, unless the ACC really pressures you or changes or somehow changes your revenue sharing based on whether you play that game, which is not going to happen, if you just, you know, Bronco's not the guy that's going to put his team at risk for a game that doesn't count towards the ultimate goal of winning the conference. Unless he has something specific in mind, right? Like it, like in some way that it would benefit them that not playing would like be a drastic sort of departure from, if that makes sense. Maybe. Uh, I would just like, like for example, I mean, if, today if it was think, it, like, yeah, he's not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like if, for example, like if they were like, uh, you have to have a winning record to make a bowl and we're going to play bowls, like maybe then you play the game. Like, because then that just gives you one bet, one more chance to make a bowl game. Like, um, but I mean, if, if, if that isn't part of the calculus, then there really isn't much reason to play besides the reason I gave, which is just to kind of like treat it as a preseason game. Yeah. Um, and when you have a team with 85 guys, that's not as important, which is why colleges don't play preseason games. Um, you, you can do like a inner squads, a, a big, big inner squad scrimmages that, you know, almost are like preseason games in some ways. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think. It'll be interesting to see how it works. I mean, we still don't know, again, like when these games are going to be played. So that'll be, I mean, we, we can look at the schedule and be like, oh, UVA schedule looks like this, but we don't, I mean, like what if the ACC gives them like Clemson week one, North Carolina week two, Virginia Tech. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't know, like, you know, it could be, it could be crazy. So, I mean, I if mean, you're looking at what, five, about six weeks for the first game, maybe a little less. Um, the thought of these schools scrambling to find an out-of-conference opponent and giving them a date and the conference coming up with a schedule for everyone seems very unlikely because you'd have to assume the coaches want to know in the next week or two who they're playing first week. Yeah. Cause you got to start game planning. You got to start planning your travel. Um, you know, getting with those doctors, like how are you quarantined and what's going on there? Like there's a lot of legwork that's going to have to be done for road games that aren't typically done. So they've got to get the schedule out quick, which to me makes the whole out of conference scheduling thing seem Almost impossible. Yeah, that's why I feel like it has to be done like week one or the last week of the season or something. Like, and the other caveat with the out of conference scheduling is you're gonna have to pay a team to come play you in your state. And if your revenue sharing is not going up, if you play this extra game, where is that money coming from? And there's no and there's no ticket money. Yeah, no ticket money, and you're gonna have to refund a lot of people who don't want to (laughs) donate that money to the school. Like, to me, like the plus one. Honestly, I think the plus one was just not to be the first. It was just to be nice to the other conferences and let them, like, not not to. Well, but I think some schools will still play it. You know, like Georgia, Georgia Tech will happen now. Um, Florida, Florida State probably will happen now. Clemson, South Carolina will happen. Yeah, now. I so, think those games go on unless the SEC says no. Right. Like, so then it becomes a question of whether or not schools like you know Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. You know, because also imagine yeah. a oh, scenario where sense. like Georgia's like we don't want to play Georgia Tech. They would Georgia Tech fans would hold that over them forever. Like, yeah, you know? for sure. Wait, yeah, there's wait, no wait. money exchange in hands in those games. They're robbery games. They're going to come play. Right? No, that's that's my like, point. Is that like that's what yeah. they did? They allowed they allowed those games to still happen without putting the other 
league teams in a bind by making them play it. You know what I mean? Um, we, we got on this whole tangent because we were supposed to be talking about the football and we managed to go back to the schedule. Um, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised, given that um, we like to talk about TV. And but stuff. also, I mean, there's a lot of intrigue here. Like, if they are able to play, like, the ACC could kind of try to build a schedule that, like... Yeah. Like, they yeah. could open the season with, like, Clemson-Notre Dame or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the, th- that's the other sticky... I think you want tricky to do wicket that. here. I think you should do that. I mean, yeah, then why but, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, You don't want Clemson-Notre Dame to play Week 10 and then end up finishing 1-2 and playing again the next week. Like, you want that game happening early, I think. Um you know, Plus, it's just like it'll be like a season. it'll be a that would be a huge week one game. I mean, and then yeah. you're gonna have like I mean, I will say this: college football, a lot of it is the atmosphere, the fans, the students, everything. Like, if we don't have that, that kind of sucks. But imagine the amount of like good TV there would be, <laughs> like in the first week of the season, if you had like Clemson plays Notre Dame, Alabama's playing LSU, like they because they can mix it up and they, there's no reason to play the games in like a specific order or anything anymore. Like they can completely change up what they do, you know. Virginia, Virginia Tech, week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it. could happen. I mean, like that doesn't that's not that crazy. Um, I mean, I still think they'll put like a lot of the rivalry games at the end of the year, um, the league games, the the non league games. I, I think that some of those might just have to be played at the beginning of the season or something. Um, or on like a designated week, because that's another factor here is that the ACC has 15 teams now, right? So you're going to have somebody like you can't play everybody. They can't play all all the teams can't play each other in a week. There's going to have to be a team off. So at least. Yeah. One. So that allows you some flexibility with like not in league games. I like how I brought up the whole football side of it. And you guys just, <laughs> just drove on. Anyway. We love schedules, man. We drove right. Pat, dro- you just drove right through. Months ago. <laughs> you drove right through the blinking red light. You didn't even stop. <laughs> To look around as a make it a. I mean, from a right from a football standpoint, I'd say UVA schedule was already pretty hard. I mean, that you lose the Georgia game, but again, even like the Georgia game, that's kind of like a high high reward, low risk sort of thing. Like it might hurt your bowl eligibility, but no one's expecting you to go in there and win that game, and it doesn't have any impact on the conference. So, like, you know, losing that game doesn't really help you that much. You know, if they had lost Clemson, that would have been help. <laughs> um, but it's funny that like they were already playing them, so they, it's it's actually kind of a good year to play them because they might have ended up having to play them anyway, and now they won't have to play them like next year. You know, they're off the schedule for a while. Um, and and you just look at like Duke at home, Boston College at home. I think those are you know you can navigate those games. NC State I think is a winnable game at home. Louisville's a winnable game at home. North Carolina is still a huge game. I don't. We don't know when it's going to fall on the schedule now, but that's a big game. Um, the road schedule is daunting, but if there's nobody in the crowd, I don't really know how that affects everything. So um, it's t- it's tough. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think the schedules are pretty balanced from one team to the next. So the, so let's look at it. F- let's go game by game. All right, we're already here. Let's do it. So Boston College, um, I would say that should be a win. At home, um, we, without knowing the dates and stuff, it's somewhat difficult. But we're just going to go on. We don't have a great history with them. <laughs> that's no, that's true. With them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, they won't have. Um, <laughs> they won't have easily the best <laughs> running back I've ever seen, or whatever, um, as they typically do. Um, I don't know, man. I I look at the home slate, and I could see him winning three of those games. Um, Carolina is going to be a, a tall task. Um, 
and I, I, I expect Louisville to be better than they were last year. Um, oh, but yeah, Duke yeah. and State, Definitely. I think, are both. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what. I'm never really sure what to make of State, but also too, I haven't had to pay attention to State football in a long time. So they were fo- like one and seven in the conference last year. I mean, they were bad. What's the uh, What's the home? What are you guys thinking? Three and three and two, four and one. I would say BC and NC State are your most. Uh, BC you know, eh, three and two. Right now, five and zero oh by the time they announce the schedule. It's tough too because we don't know what UVA is. Like it's so hard to say. Like I mean, UVA's offense is probably it's a big mystery to me anyway, and the defense will be pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's it's so hard to say. I mean, and then if Trevor Lawrence opts out, you know that game becomes winnable. <laughs> even well, I mean, if that happened, even if, if that happened, even if that happened, say, I don't think UVA. He'd have to he'd game. have to opt out with like twelve of his friends. Um, for for that one, for me to have any kind of confidence um, on that one. Yeah, don't worry. They have like the, a, a prodigy quarterback sitting behind him <laughs> on the bench anyway. So, uh, yeah, I just um, I I look at the the road slate, and I think you know the the thing we were talking about earlier. I, I think is well said. Like it seems like it should be bad. Like Clemson, obviously, um, Tech is is, is probably going to be tough. Wake Forest has been a very consistent program, um, but has to replace its quarterback. Um, I have no idea what to expect from Florida State, and I never know what to expect from Miami. Um, so, I mean, I still now nah, you know what to it. expect from Miami to be good when they're not supposed to be good and be bad. No, they're, when they're supposed to be. They're consistently the same. They're just the same. <laughs> you don't know what but to they've expect. They've got Derek King. Week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that might be the yeah. that might be the X factor for them that puts them over the top in a way that you know because he's not Tate Martell. He's actually played in games. Um, He's pretty good, so I think I mean, that that could be enough to put them over the top. My brain's having a hard time, like comprehending, like because normally when you look at the ACC, you're judging yourself against your divisional opponents. Like, yeah, we so that's we the weird thing to me is like is like I realized I figured all the coastal teams would be on there, and they added some new ones, and it's like, oh, Pitt's not on there. Oh, Georgia Tech's not on there. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Because you you normally would look like so who's going to win the coastal the coastal opponents you look who their crossover opponent is Virginia would have Clemson this year regardless like that's a negative for you if you're trying to win the coastal because you got to that's an ACC loss essentially but now ten teams have to face you know, face Clemson this year so yeah who doesn't I mean, that's the good that's the real question yeah I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> Duke Duke is one yeah so I mean Duke probably wasn't going to win the uh, Louisville doesn't have to play them. NC State. Yeah, they're not winning it. Yeah, so I mean, it's a lesser team, so that's going to pretty much even the field. Um, although, if you look at the power rankings, Virginia was rated lower. North than Carolina. North Carolina doesn't play them either. I thought Carolina did. Oh, that's a huge advantage for Carolina. Yeah, that's a big time. That's that. They could sneak into that. You know, they could get into that. They got Notre Dame. They got Notre Dame. I think everyone plays one of the two. Like. I can't imagine there's somebody that doesn't play either one. Well, NC State doesn't, but <laughs> I don't think they're really a contender. So, yeah, it's just so much. I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo the question about you know the schedule Virginia's playing. It's just there's just so many unknowns. Like, when do you play them? Like, I mean, Carolina's good, Clemson's good, Louisville I think's really good. Um, not getting enough. I, I wonder if they could try to do a scheduling model where, like, you don't go on the road back to back and stuff like that. I would almost guarantee that's going to happen. Or it's going to be like you home, do have away, a road game. home away, like that sort of thing. Yeah, if you have back to back road games, they're probably going to be bus games or something. Like, 
because mm-hmm. you got to get back and you got to get retested and yeah, there's a lot you got that has to go into it. Just reading that medical stuff, like you know, once the game's played, you basically have 48 hours to notify the other team if anyone's positive. Um, so you got to get back quick. But yeah, I mean, I think going into you know before this was released, I mean, I think you know Carolina and Virginia Tech were seen as the favorites in the coastal. Um, obviously, Clemson and the Atlantic, but now you throw Notre Dame in the mix, which changes it. Um, you know, Virginia Tech losing Farley, like, I know he's just one player, but that their defense was really, really good with him as much as I, you know, don't like to give Virginia Tech any credit. Um, I know he missed the, he missed the UVA game last year, right? Who? Didn't, didn't Farley miss the UVA game last year? Yeah, he had back spasms, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was like, he was dressed and everything to play, and then he just didn't play. Yeah, and he won't be the last. So, I mean, you know, what these teams are, and as I've said at Nausea, I'm like, who's playing when these teams are 0-3 in the ACC versus when they're 0-0. Like, there's going to be a lot that changes. There's going to be some teams we, we think are going to be really tough that aren't. Um, hopefully it won't be UVA. And then somebody gets COVID. Yeah, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if you look at, like, like, Rutgers has got, what, 16 players or something that tested positive today, um, and they're shut down for a couple of weeks. So They, like, <laughs> bubbled their team, didn't they? Like. Uh, I don't know. Much as you can bubble in New Jersey, I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry, New Jersey folks. I mean, honestly, I, I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I'm looking at the teams and like, which team's more likely to have issues? Like Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> Miami what we're all is the thinking, most likely right? to have issues. And Wait, I don't know if Florida State's much higher than that. You know, it, it's far behind them. Um, that's why a school like Duke, which you know, maybe doesn't scare you, but you know, they're a disciplined program. North Carolina is interesting to me because as much as people want to give Mac Brown credit for the discipline there, I feel like that's a player-run program. Um, you know, he's yeah, very player-friendly. It's going to depend on like outside, like circumstances. Like, is the campus a problem? You know, yeah, stuff like, like that. Like, do you live in Atlanta where the Gold Club is? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, there's different. Do you need chicken wings from the Gold? Right, Club? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say like I somebody was talking about this with the Marlins the other day, and I think it's true with this situation, like. I think if a team is found to be like negligent in how they handle their cut, co- they should just forfeit their games. Like, you know, like uh, there's some rumors out there about like what the Marlins were doing to basically get COVID um, and like how they handled it. Like they shouldn't, they shouldn't even get those games rescheduled. They should just have to forfeit them if any of that is true. So like if you find like a team's not doing the testing correctly or like something happens to, you know, keep things from running the way it's supposed to run and then, you know, potentially putting another school at risk, then, yeah, they should have to, like, forfeit their games. I think that's how it should work. I think it's just because it gets a little hairy in college because you're, you're talking about amateurs and who, mm-hmm. whose responsibility was it. Was it the coach who's making Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking like, more yeah. on, the more on like, the coaches, basically. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brad, are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually – I'm actually. it's one of those times I'm like, you know, you guys are – He's been, just uh, sitting back. You're flying this, the plane, man. For all the listeners, this is kind of how it ha- what happens after we hang up most the end the podcast most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, I thought, have we finished recording? No, uh, this is the Patreon <laughs> portion Still rolling, of the show. Patreon um, portion. Uh, all right, so let's get some final thoughts. Um, Ferber, we'll, we'll start with you. We'll give me some some takeaways from this, and uh, um, I don't know what what you think comes next. I'm glad they have a plan. 
it's good that they know this. I think next we get resolution on the out-of-conference games, um, whether they'll be played, how many they'll be playing, if they're playing them at all. Um, that'll happen. And then once that's resolved, we'll have a schedule. Um, somewhere in the middle of that, the SEC has to make their ruling because obviously those rivalry games are dependent on them being able to play those games as well. Um, once all that's settled, I think we'll get a schedule and then camps will open probably like a week from the end of this week or maybe a little after that. Um, and then we'll just see what happens. Like there's so many unknowns still out there about, you know, what schools not opening campuses would mean for college football and like how that works. But, um, I, I think that this was a big step they had to do. Um, it allows them more, you know, autonomy over the schedule and, and keep, aligns them with the leagues that had already done it. So no big surprise. I, I think the scheduling model is okay. Um, no big issues with that. There's some flexibility in there. You know, uh, we'll see how it all works out. But yeah, a few more things have dominoes have to fall in, and, and then we'll get some sort of a schedule. I'm assuming. Dave, some final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think the big thing with this is like, I mean, it, I mean, I, we all know this is unprecedented, but. Um, the fact that Notre Dame, you know, if there is there was one school independent that has power to kind of make things happen. Um, I mean, even three weeks ago, I would have thought it laughable that Notre Dame would have shared revenue with the ACC to get into a conference for this year. Um, so, I mean, I think that speaks to the gravity of all of it. If they're willing to, no matter what happens after this, um, their need to come in the conference kind of lessens the stance and, you know, they're, the uh, might of their independence that they've always claimed was, you know, was there and they, they, they could survive without a conference. Um, and so that's number, you know, number one for me, number two, like the, I applaud the ACC kind of getting something out there that I do think is ambitious, but gives them some fallback room without making it seem panicky. Um, and number three for me is like when, when the NCAA tournament canceled, like I didn't end once in my, like not once it entered my mind at that point that we'd still be dealing with this football season. But if you extrapolate, like we're talking, can we even play 10 games? If we can't play games in November and December, we can't start college basketball. And then we're back to another sport we got to deal with. So like this thing just keeps rolling. And if 2020 could just go somewhere, I'd appreciate it. Go somewhere far away. <laughs> go somewhere. Go to the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, uh, go, uh, bubble your way on out. Um, you could leave the bubble if it wants. I'll stay in the bubble. I didn't just go somewhere else. So I would say that this is better than I expected. Um, when I, I, you know, I saw the, the obviously 10 plus one, eight plus one, uh, options and stuff, but I think it, it, the idea that I had all along was to play, to basically use it as an advantage and say, okay, the divisions are out the door. So let's, let's, let's mix it up and play some teams you don't normally play. Um, I actually think that the lack of divisions could be something that sticks. I could totally see a scenario where the ACC says, okay, Notre Dame is back to being an independent. We're going to keep uh, this schedule. Um, we're going to play less games, obviously, because you're going to want teams to be able to go back and play more non-conference uh, opponents. But I could see a scenario where they decide to ditch the the divisions and allow the best of the best to just play at the end of the season. Uh, I think that's more compelling. I, I think that it 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 uh, 
as, as much fun as Coastal Chaos is, it's not really fun to watch, you know, some team from the Atlantic beat the crap out of some team. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's let the two best teams play um, and mix up the schedule as best you can. Uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, com- there's a lot of computer programs that would be more than happy to help you out with that. Um, but no, I think that it's a fun schedule. I like the the opportunity for Virginia to play those Carolina schools. That feels like the ACC to me. Um, I, I think that it, it will. There are a lot of storylines in this thing. Um, I would totally expect. Would not be surprised at all to see Notre Dame Clemson early in the season. Um, would not be shocked at all if um, to 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 the point we we're talking about earlier, if Virginia is one of those schools that decides not to play. I think I see that both ways. I can see the benefits if you're able to get a home game. Um, you know, that's more inventory, um, for the league and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, I can totally see a scenario where Bronco would say, no, I don't want to play that game because I don't want to, you know, invite any more risk, but I can also see a scenario of like, Hey, I didn't get spring ball with my kids and I've only had them, you know, on the football field for a few weeks. I would really like to have one game before everything starts to count. Um, so I guess it's a timing situation, but overall, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited by it. Like I, it's like a part of my brain understands that like the chance that the opportunity for them to play all of the games as listed is very slim. But until they say the thing's canceled, um, you know, I I think in the spring I was in denial about how bad the situation was and how how quickly things were going to change. I think with this, I am hopeful that what's presented will happen. But I also am very understanding that like there's a very good chance it won't. So until they say it's not, I'm going to be excited about it. So I think that's that's kind of where I am personally. Um, you know, we, and we didn't even get to chance get the chance tonight because of the schedule to talk about, you know, what we had already intended to talk about, which was the, um, you know, the oper- the whether kids in high school who are having their seasons moved want to stay, do they want to go, how do they want to handle that. So uh, that's something we'll probably get into next week unless there's more breaking news before we have a chance to record. Um, you guys got anything else before we wrap up? Good. I'm, I'm really glad that when you guys speak up, um, you know, really effectively, it makes me feel confident. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered no. it. Yeah, we're, we're an hour and 20 in. We're only like 35 minutes under where I thought we would be. So I'm, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised. Is it uh, the new? Is it the new record? We'll find out tomorrow when somebody randomly tweets <laughs> when at you. Somebody tweets at me. Uh, if you're somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. You can subscribe, and the thing just shows up, and you never have to do anything else. Um, if you want to give us a rating and review, that helps too. If you're somebody who's found the pod, hasn't given us a look at the website yet, check us out: CavsCorner.com. I honestly have no idea what I have on the site right now. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I talked to Josh McCarron, who there was a group of uh, UVA commits who, uh, without mask and without much social distancing, uh, to, I, for the record, I gave them crap about, um, met last week uh, when McCarron was in town for a couple of days. And so he gave me a great interview about that. Uh, I ran my part two of my conversation with Sean Griswold um, on the challenges of getting guys ready um, this summer with everything with, um, you know, we're, you know, guys coming in and, you know, needing to get them off the ground. Um, been a lot of basketball recruiting talk lately, been a lot of commits, um, whole lot of conversation on the message board about various dudes, uh, in the 21 class, Jalen Worley, Trevor Keels, Afton Reed. Um, so you can check out that stuff as well. Uh, Ferber will be back with his film room series on Friday. What are we, what are we doing? Um, on Friday, Ferber, what have, have you decided what, uh, what the next piece is? Should be wide receivers. Wide receivers. Good deal. 
Um, and then, um, depending on, I, I, I have several other interviews, but I don't want to say who, because I legitimately don't know which one I'm going to run. And I hate when I do that, when I write a check, I haven't cashed yet. Um, so again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all they do, especially when, uh, I can put the podcast on, um, cruise control and just kind of sit back and listen to them talk about whatever it is that they're talking about. Uh, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.